Hey, everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. That's right. You get all four of us for this yep. very special. It's not special. I mean, it's special in the sense that it's our last So Many Scares of the Year. Not a trick. No, it is the trick part, unfortunately. All good things must come to an end, and that includes So Many Scares. So uh, we're going to be talking about that today. We got my pick, which is Trick or Treat, the mm. 2008 anthology horror, dark comedy, weirdness, whatever you want to think about it, movie. Now, this movie has been a favorite of mine for a long time. That's why part of why I picked it, but I really picked it because of, as it has grown a cult following over the years, it's really become a Halloween tradition for people because of how closely the plot relates to Halloween as a holiday and the various traditions that go along with it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what made me want us to talk about it just to give a little small explanation for anyone who may not have seen it or whatever. It's a series of short films that are kind of interwoven together to make it look more as more like one full narrative, but there's some ways that the plots intervene or interweave with particular characters and timelines and things like that. So it's four distinct stories presented as one movie about a character named Sam, who is a little pumpkin head kid who I see him as kind of like the Halloween police. He's out there making sure everybody follows the right rules and traditions. And if mm -hmm. you don't, he kills you. And so we're following along his night on Halloween. So that's why I picked it. I really liked it for a long time. I first saw it. This is one of those movies that I picked up randomly when I worked at Blockbuster and I could rent like 10 free movies a week. Mm -hmm. So I just grabbed it off the shelf because if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a direct-to-DVD release anyway. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a theatrical release at any point at its initial release. So I picked it up there and I was like, this movie's crazy. I like it. It's weird. And I enjoy that about it. So that's my pitch for why I picked it. I will let you all now either tear it up or hype it up. And I want to hear from Andrew first, because you haven't been on the show in a minute. Yeah, right. Let's hear from Andrew. Okay. Well, first things first, I actually kind of like this movie. And it had a bit of a Pulp Fiction-esque quality to it in the way of storytelling. Okay. Because, like, it starts pretty much at the end, or at least the middle, and then it kind of works its way back, and then we go back. The other thing is that it's a nice tribute to other movies. So, I mean, obviously this is a Halloween flick. This is a movie about, I mean, this is a horror film. It's not directly a slasher, but it has, one thing I noticed in the beginning is that it felt, it started to feel like a little bit like Halloween, like Michael Myers-esque. And the beginning, in the beginning, when we see the credits, the same credits are in the font style of John Carpenter. So a lot of John Carpenter's movies are the same thing. The John Carpenter? The John Carpenter. And not John, comma, the Carpenter. Yeah, no, that. that's a pretty intensive font. That's a different guy. It's <laughs> all of the letters. But it was, I would like towards the middle, I would, towards the middle, I'm like, where is this going? And then the other half of it just wraps it up. So it didn't really lead me like astray. It, it held my attention 
it held my attention and it really got to me like towards the end because it's like, oh, okay, all of this had all of this comes full circle. I liked it. Oh, I liked it, you know, not as good as any Halloween movie. But the thing is that like but the thing is that like this I had a good time with it. It was very short. It is short, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's, that long. Yeah. So there's just enough for a good time, and that's about it. All right. Perfect. Carrot. Yeah, carrot. Yeah, I bet you would say that. <laughs> you know, this, I think, after I finished it, I watched this. It was one of the movies I remember getting from Netflix in the mail. Some friends mm -hmm. of mine were having Red Halloween. envelope. Yep. We were having an Halloween party, and we were just watching some movies. And I remember us watching this, but it was overshadowed because the other movie we watched at night was The Human Centipede. And that one kind of takes away most of my memory, unfortunately. So this is kind of like my first time seeing it again, because I remembered almost nothing about it. And it was, I really enjoyed it too. I found it fun. I found it perfectly campy. I found it really nice and gory. It gave me some tension when I wanted it. It had some build. I did like the anthology storytelling because, you know, theoretically, this is a, this is an easy moneymaker sequel maker too because you can just have it all take place in the course of one night and everybody there's various different stories sam is policing them all you have like the little kind of stories daily it reminded me of an adult are you afraid of the dark and i really enjoyed that element where it was just kind of storytelling and it didn't necessarily need a full plot it can just be a bunch of short stories strung together just like are you afraid of the dark and it really i think did a great job of delivering that kind of aesthetic and that is a fun Halloween element that you don't see very much. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. David, what did you think of Trick or Treat as oh, our resident non-horror person? I'm very sorry. Oh no. But I didn't like it. Oh no. That's so funny to Garrett compared to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because that's what I that's one of the things I thought of too. Was well, kind of like a bloody or are you afraid of the dark? It's Rated are you afraid of the dark? Right. And, uh, but I was really worried that when presented in front of you guys, I would not be able to like express how bad I thought this was because it, <laughs> it's like it sucked. Like it was so, and the worst thing about it is finding out that it's a cult classic. You know what they always say about, you know, that's cult classics are always like usually movies that were bad and then just like some people found it. And they were like, oh, we found it. Now we like it. That's usually what happens. I, <laughs> the idea that it was supposed, that it was even, that it was supposed to be a dark comedy did not dawn on me until I was reading the Wikipedia article about it afterwards. Excuse me, I almost choked. Because you can't was, even talk about this without choking on it. Exactly. It was so, it just, when those girls turned into werewolves, I had to throw, I was tomatoes at the screen. It was tomatoes. Just, so, so the cool. movie already, it was so awesome. No, neat. it was so, and I'll tell you Gnarly. what, I'll tell you what, I was interested uh, in the beginning because, you know, they had this woman going back. She hates Halloween, like probably top 10 worst girlfriends in cinema, hates <laughs> Halloween. And, you know, she gets, she gets murdered by an unseen force, right? Cool. All right. But, and then it, it was really creepy. With, uh, I think his name's Dylan Baker, 
who plays a principal who I guess is a serial killer. A lot of different kinds of people because like he kills a kid or two and then he kills a grown woman, which doesn't really go together. Usually serial killers have a type, but he also poses vampires and kills people like that. So is a very, it was creepy. I was really worried he was going to kill his own kid. Fortunately, he just kept killing that kid from Bad Santa. He did, you know, just doubled it down It was on the him. kid from Bad Santa, yes. I mean, that kid deserves to be killed. I, you know, I'm fine with that. No, that's harsh. But uh, he was knocking, a lot over, of Jack, knocking yeah. over jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like that. Stealing um, candy. Where this movie lost me, though, was with... It was when it was a weird serial killer guy... And then like a, you know, like a Halloween spirit in the form of Sam. Okay, cool. All right. I'm fine with that. But then we got zombie, I don't know, disturbed kids, we'll say. And then we got werewolf chicks. And I said to Nikki, as we're watching it, I was like, oh man, these are going to like, these chicks aren't party girls. They're like going to turn out to be like a weird witch coven and they're going to sacrifice these guys. Ugh, whatever. And then they turned into werewolves. And then I was like, am I just watching yeah. like a bloodier episode of Riverdale? Like this is the most cringeworthy movie I've seen in a long time. It's just bad. Mm. And I feel like you guys have spoiled me with good horror movies. You mm. know, I haven't made a full turn on the genre, but you guys have put me through clever, well-written, thoughtful think pieces of horror films. And then, you know, you give me this, which... Honestly, if you take out some of the nudity and a little bit of the blood, you could run this on the CW. It's, it's, that, it's that cheesy. I think the thing that you miss with the oh. genre of horror is that this is 100% a parody of every genre of horror that you got in that time frame. It does, it's not taking itself seriously at any point in time. It's yeah. delivering you a humorous virtue with a, enough scares. It's not you know, supposed, but... in my opinion, it's not supposed to be a terrifying type thing it is got some scares but it's got humor in there well you, and, what are you doing you know, on purpose i don't know so also it just makes sense why is sam the ghost of halloween waiting 30 years to get this bus driver he's been there the whole time he's playing the long game i don't know it's a ghost story it's weird if it was lore. supposed to be making fun of horror movies it did a great job because it was a laughable and it was not, it was very, yes. you know, there's a line between camp and cheese. And this went too hard on cheese for me. I am surprised that people like it. It's, I think it's just because that sack boy looks good. But as soon as he took, I mean, honestly, the idea they're talking, there's, there's hopes to do a sequel someday. But I feel like they maxed out what they could do with Sam, with sack boy in this movie. They Disagree. already revealed what he looks like. They already, you know, killed him and had him come back. They did everything you can do with him. Nah. If he is just a Halloween spirit, he's just there to police. The story is the ghost also, story that you're there and then he's watching. It I'm, doesn't matter what they do. It's all, it can be centered around the bite that Jack landed and protect you, but the stories themselves, the same as around those change. It's just like an anthology of American horror story type situation. I know, but that's at least dedicated. Like they stood with American horror story, which I don't watch. They at least have a. <laughs> But I'm looking at his face. He's <laughs> enforcing the rules of Halloween, but he only does that like two times. Every other time he's just sitting around. That's because there were other people there who were adhering to the rules. Yep. 
I don't know what rules he was enforcing when, you know, all those kids got eaten by zombies. He's just hanging out. Uh, they were playing great on a person with Halloween. And they disrespected Halloween. And they got what came to them. They were, yeah, those kids were a bunch of dicks. Who's going to play yeah. a trick? Who's going to? Who, who, what benefit is there to playing a prank on a girl with a mental handicap? And that's why Sam gave him what got coming. I don't know. Whatever. It was you're just, proving your own damn point, it was too many. Are you proving my point? They needed to just stick with one idea. And what <laughs> they did was they were like, nah, everything is happening at the same time. Zombies, goo, you know, ghosts, spirits, werewolves. It's all it's happening at the same time. League, man. I would have oh, just preferred weird serial killer people. That all, of, all of the freak flags fly on the 31st. You got witches, it, you got zombies, you got them all. It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. Just disappointed, really. <laughs> I am, and I do. I am sorry because apparently it's got a cult following. People really like it. I don't know why, but people latched on to the stupidness of it, I guess. I don't know, but it's but. just there's, there's doing uh, is it? Yeah. Where is it fun? Not I, every horror movie, not every movie has to be a deep think piece on something. Some things can just be fun, gore fest slashers. I guess I just went in with the wrong expectation because I really thought this was like a really like cool reimagining of, you know, the Halloween horror with an anthology styling. But it's just it was just so goofy that I just couldn't take anything that was happening seriously. We weren't supposed to. I, that's then I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like that. Yeah, you and I've had this debate before because be I feel like you have to way. be rocked to a thoughtful emotion where sometimes it's good to just turn things on and be entertained by it. Yeah, but then it has to be entertaining in that scenario, and this wasn't. You are the only one that thinks that, though. I know, because I'm the only one <laughs> thinking, apparently. You're wrong. <laughs> Everybody else just, oh, just turn your brain off and just absorb yeah, people. Sometimes you yeah. just turn your brain off, David. I don't want to turn my brain off. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> And I want to think about it and like it. I think about it a lot. I think that they did a really good job of doing parodies and bringing some of those humorous elements to I don't, those things that you see in a lot. And again, because you haven't seen a ton of horror movies, some of those things may not land with you. And I get that. It, but it, for me, a lot of the like the principle was very Jeffrey Dahmer-esque. But like in a ridiculous way, the mm -hmm. over-the-top nature of him throwing up the candy all that stuff was just ridiculous so it is just very over the top and i'm happy with it because they do it in a good way you see other over the top movies like the second jace and they do it in a bad way so i think that might be the difference go see some like truly terrible horror movies yeah because i think that will give you a better kind of perspective of what this huh? one's doing because those in the slasher genre they have no story they have no plot. They have nothing. They are just straight for the kill. Whereas this one is giving you that cheesiness elements that you get in those cheesy horror movies, but adding a layer of like, we understand what we are to it. I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I'm glad I picked this movie. I think that this movie, if that's, if it Good wanted debate. to do that, it needed, I think it needed to be more clearly funny. And it was just, it felt like it was trying to scare me. It felt like it was trying to be creepy and it was trying to be, it had, it wanted to have a cool factor. But and it could be both. But it, it was scary and funny. It was just weird. You know, I think if you're going to parody horror films, I think you really need to like be clear. Hey, we're parodying horror films. And to me, it just felt like it, it was trying to eat its, have its cake and eat its too. 
you know it was trying to be a kind of cool indie scary film yes. while but what i don't know what the commentary <laughs> on those things is you know like what if whatever the parody element is i don't know what the point they're trying to make is like hey <laughs> aren't zombie movies scary like, <laughs> like what are they trying to say because i mean like they, there was no comedy in the zombie you know in the zombie disturbed kids there was no real comedy in the werewolf girls like it was just these kind of like ideas that somebody had they were like oh this would be a great idea for a short and then they just went yeah okay we'll just throw them all together like i don't know what i what's the bigger message is that horror movies are stupid that's the big message there isn't a big message other than to be entertained that's what a parody is a parody has to be making a statement no this is that this that we rely too much on these tropes Oh, David, you're helping. We didn't make any message about relying on tropes. It very well used the tropes. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, David. I'm having so I'm much fun. I wish we could help you. I wish that I could be helped too, because what <laughs> I did was I watched this movie and it was okay at first. And then it got a little bit weirder and it got a little bit sillier. And then by the end, I was just watching Brian Cox wrestle with, with Sam and just kind of going like, I was like, I feel like this is, they're, 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 this is it. This is what they, this is what they, this is the most they can do with this. And then they tried to tie it all together at the end. They had all the little storylines crossed back over at the very end. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Wow. It's so crazy because I'll let Josh talk because you and I have talked a lot, but like that's yeah. it, the way what you're explaining the movie is what the movie is. Like it's four ghost stories interwoven to tell a anthology story on Halloween. Like that's what this movie is. You're, I know. I think you're it, looking for something more. It's and neither, there is, this is it's, a ghost. This is four ghost stories woven together on Halloween night telling a Halloween story. The end. But, but they're There's not. But they're not. But they're not good stories. Like you said, they're Are You Afraid of the Dark? They're, they're stories. Yes. This is, at the same time, for kids, but also too grotesque to show to children. Yes. It's, there's so little complexity it's to anything that's happening in this movie that it felt, I felt insulted watching it. It was so basic in every version that they were doing because even, even the ones that, even like the two stories that I liked, I was like, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just pretty run of the mill. That is a great part for me to inter interject now. I wanted to let that go for it because it was very natural. Left, I'm sorry. Andrew, Andrew just left. Yeah, no, that needed to happen. That needed to happen. We don't get enough good contentious debate on this show. Y'all know, know, we we know that. We camp there. No, but so that that's a good transition because I did also, I wanted to ask everyone, what was your favorite story? of all the ones that we saw and what was your least favorite story? Uh, okay. I'm going to say probably the last one. Okay. I like the last story this of time. Mr. Krieg and the, and Sam's fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah, did you like, like that? What did you like about it? I like the story. I like that por portion of the story because like, it rounded everything up and mm. it rounded everything up. It's like, okay, we've got a little bit of an inkling as to where that's going. I'm just watching David try not to react. 
and <laughs> Brian Cox beat up children. But the children get their sweet revenge. Yeah. So I think that was my favorite portion of all. It's the one that held my attention the most. Okay. Where the werewolves thing was okay, but this was better. What was your which one did you not like, if any? Honestly, I didn't really care for the dad who was killing the kids. Okay. That's fair. I get yeah, that one that, that I liked because I felt it incredibly creepy. I think that he did a very good job of playing Jeffrey Dahmer esque character and bringing it to life. I always enjoy seeing the kid from Bad Santa and things because I think he's I think he's a solid little character actor and as a kid. And I think that the kid, the killer's kid, was increasingly creepy. I mean, throughout the whole thing, I was yelling at him like, man, if that was my kid, I'd be yelling other people too because he's driving me crazy. And then you, he keeps talking about the eyes and stuff. And then that kid ends with that creepy. And that, I think, was a really solid, well-rounded story. I didn't necessarily care until I, it, I felt like it came together at the end, but I struggled to get overly interested in the school bus story. I felt like it was a pretty good ghost story at the end and kind of in the middle. But when Rhonda flipped it on the script and I and left them down there to die, I was all on Team Rhonda because I thought it was great. Let's get down with they desire. But it didn't start to finish story was just kind of new. Okay. Yeah. I, well, then I get to counteract that a little bit because I think the bus massacre is my favorite of the stories because I love the kind of classic ghost element of, you know, one of my favorite urban legends or whatever is that like every small town in the country there's this rumor where it's like oh if you go to this street at this time of night and you get out your car will start to roll forward and there'll be little handprints and it's because a, bu- a school bus crashed there a million years ago i've heard yeah. so many versions of that story so this reminded me of that kind of thing so i, I like that urban legend aspect of all these kids now haunting the bottom of the river. And there was just the extra dark element of the children being considered disturbed at the time. And they were all in their scary costumes when it happened. And the fact that the parents were in on it with the bus driver, it just adds all these creepy elements that I liked a lot. And then, yes, also loved Ron, the trick she pulled out her sleeve at the end there. So that was fun for me. I liked that a lot. My least favorite, I think, was the werewolf one because... It took too long for it to start to go somewhere because we get introduced to them pretty early on and then we cut back to them several times and all we really know is they're going to a party and not until literally the end of their story do you realize, oh no, they're the predators that are hunting people and then yeah, the werewolf thing happens. So that's why that one's my least favorite. David, yeah, my, can you find a favorite? <laughs> yeah, my my favorite, I think, is the principal killing kids because that's the one that felt the most natural as it was happening. And I was like, it was getting me into this, it was getting me into this headspace. Like, okay, all right, yeah, all right. There's this spirit of Halloween, but everything that's going to happen is very like, you know, grounded and they're going to get punished and stuff like that, right? And there was, it was very eerie. I didn't know what, you know, that kid came back to life, but I was looking at his hand. I was like, that's not that kid was wearing. Is that the same kid? You know? So like, there was a lot of questions. There's a really, my really like that you see Brian Cox's character, Mr. Krieg, he comes out and he has this interaction. And then later, you know, you see him 
calling for help and then he gets tackled, right? It was a very like, oh gosh, what was that? You know, like, oh man, the story's really going to start unfolding here and things like that, right? And then coming back around to, you know, seeing a lot of the same events from Krieg's point of view at the end of the movie, I like how those two stories tie together. But it, more or less everything else in between just felt so it felt like a different film. Like it felt like a different, and I know re, I realized they were, they were different, different story types. There was an anthology thing, but it was just go from for that one to be the one that starts it. The principal one that felt very grounded for the other ones to be so supernatural and so over the top, it just started to lose me. And then it really lost me when they peeled, when those girls peeled their skin off and turned into, out to be werewolves. I was just like, werewolves. Yeah. Um, werewolves. You know, ghost the ghost kids was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. They're ghost kids, okay. But then the werewolves was just beyond the pale. Honestly, despite my dislike for it, I do think it kind of could have used one more. I think it could use one more story. <laughs> I mean, I agree, but yeah, like it just feels. It does feel like you said. Andrew said it was short. But it does feel like it just kind of like wraps up all of a sudden. And, you know, there was, there's also, there's like a little mini story in there with the principal goes to the parade and he kills a girl as a vampire, which was kind of, I was like, oh, okay. Is that going to be another, I thought that was going to be another story going through. Was this guy kind of just quietly killing people in a parade? I agree that that I didn't like the principal. And I was like, I didn't like the principal as the vampire. I thought that was a poor, I thought that was a poor move. It didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, I know that was probably a way to tie it together, but I yeah. didn't agree that. It felt like a way to tie it together that didn't necessarily feel that necessary. Because right. also, yeah. right. And I feel like they did it in order to, you know, make the viewer not feel bad for him when he got eaten by right. the werewolf war leader. I think it was to present him as, oh, remember this guy? You don't like him. We're going to kill him. So you're going to cheer for the werewolves. I think it was that kind of thing. I mean, they had a whole bunch of bodies. So I don't know if that the implication is that they hunt bad people, but they hunted at least one. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one uh, you have to think was the guy in the costume store, and the other two were the mm, camera right. crew for the news. And there was that big guy dressed as a baby. But that, but there was a lot of. I do think there were a lot of good touches here where the stories did interweave. You had, uh, like we talked about it, we had talked about the interaction between the principal and Mister Creek, but also like Creek sits down, he watches. The same news report that plays earlier in them, which I thought was a, a nice touch. And, you know, you see the interweaving of the, uh, some characters in the background. The girlfriend who is a robot who gets killed early on, you know, yeah. you actually see, if you watch, you'll see her walking around the background of two of the other stories with her husband, I guess. I guess I can keep saying girlfriend. I guess it's probably husband and wife. But yeah, so I mean, I thought there were nice touches where they managed to make this feel like they were separate stories, but they were all taking place sort of parallel to each other. So that do think that the movie's not completely without merit. I just didn't like it. You know, that's what it comes down to. I'll take that. I think that's the most we're going to get you to warm up to it. (laughs) I'll take that happily. Yeah. Since this was a short movie with just a handful of stories, I don't feel like they have a lot else to say on it. Honestly. I mean, do you want to talk about like any of the performances? Do any of the care, any of the actors? Honestly, the movie's not something that I, you know, it's not a, it's, it's none of them are that strong. I don't know. It's well, not like any of the performances are like, wow, they're it is, all competent no. to it me. Is, so 
You know, it is wild that it is Brian Cox, who is a, right. in some circles, a very legendary actor. He's very popular now because of Succession, but he's been in a lot of films. Yeah, I'm basically only familiar with Anna Paquin in this movie, so. Yeah. And then Anna Paquin shows, I was like, is that Anna Paquin? Yeah, sure enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know most of the other people do. I honestly, I recognize the wife who gets killed, but I could not figure out where I knew her from. It was very frustrating to me. I thought I recognized her too. Yeah. And I don't think I ever looked into it to see who it was, but. Oh, I finally figured it out. I'm looking at the, uh, looking at the Wikipedia now. It's Leslie Bibb. Okay. And she was, you may or may not see, you guys remember Iron Man 1? Yeah. You know, the girl who works for Vanity Fair that he like, you know, he's talking to and then, you know, mm-hmm. he's romantical with. And it's her. That's who it is. Perfect. That's why I recognize her so much. She was in Iron Man, which I watched about a hundred thousand times. I remember her from Talladega Nights. Oh, you yeah, know what else? too. She's Garrett. She's the mom in the babysitter. <laughs> oh my god, she is! We literally just watched that like an hour ago, <laughs> and I was go. like, "Who is that lady?" Didn't catch it until I just looked. Yeah, so there's not. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about the performances. I mean, no one really has grown into something from this movie or anything like that. So it's just kind of a little. Did a treat for horror fans, I guess. Right. Did you guys watch the animated short that pre that that sort of led to this movie's eventual creation, Seasons Greetings? No, no, I did not. I have not seen that. But I, you know, I liked the kind of throwback to that in the credits, where it's kind of you almost get a Spider-Man one style credit sequence at the mm-hmm. beginning with various comic book pages flying by. So I got two to tie in even more that like this is a story and not like based on real events or any of those types of movies so yeah do you have any is was there any kind of box office info to even discuss on this uh i know it's played in theaters yeah i mean i've seen it in theaters a couple times but it's really more of a limited engagement thing yeah not really there's no official box office stats this movie mom as you said was uh it it was direct to dvd for the most part it did have a limited festival run back way back in 2007 it was at the, the you guys may or may not know about this the but the famous buttnumathon which is a <laughs> festival in austin texas which i think goes like 24 hours or something like that and you just sit and watch movies all day i want to do that the buttnumathon right? buttnumathon i don't know we if they still do it that. or not i don't know if they still do it or not but oh it looks like it they, looks like they stopped running it in 2016 but yeah it was a 24 hour 24 hour vintage film festival and they included this in in there and then it also played at still just film festival the scream fest horror fest back in 2008 a lot of other things like that so none of those are really like box office paid receipts types things however and i have no i tried to find out if there's been any reporting on this and there's not but it released in regal cinema for the first time on October 6th of this year. I couldn't find any reports from that. On October 21st, it was in AMC theaters, I believe. And it's going to be in another theater chain is doing a limited run of it starting this weekend. So there's uh, there's kind of been some interest in getting it, but I haven't been able to find any money on that. Yeah, I went and saw it at an AMC theater a week or so ago as my preview into deciding if I was going to pick it or not. I went and saw it. It was like they AMC does this Five dollar thrills and chills Halloween yeah. theme thing in October. That was great. Um, five dollars a ticket, and it's always usually a some kind of classic horror movie of sorts. Yeah, how was the? I mean, it was decent. It wasn't packed or anything, but there was a handful of other people in there with me. So yeah, nobody threw tomatoes at the screen. 
<laughs> but you know, it's not a movie people didn't like hoot and holler either. So yeah, seemed good. They, yeah. There there was attendance. It wasn't just me by myself. But so, so yeah, if you if anyone wants to catch it in the theater, look into that because you might find it somewhere. Um, check your local theater, especially if it's playing at Regal and AMC for a limited time. I like it. That's why I picked it. Oh, I will say, I almost picked. It came down to either this or the Babadook. I don't know if that would have heard about that. Had a different outcome with that one, but (laughs) Andrew is adamantly against it. Okay, well, I'm just going to bookmark it for next time. Well, it's different. I mean, that's the thing is there's (laughs) there is a different reaction between bad and I was scared. Yeah, true. Smile was I was scared, where it was like this scared me. I'm very scared. I don't want to be here. This paranormal activity, those were bad. Those were I was so. I was really bored and I hated it. But I wouldn't. Okay, I don't know. The if first, I mean, the, the first paranormal activity is super scary. Yeah, right? and I will. Yeah, that was not scary at all. I wanted to be watching it. You're a liar! I can't I, keep having this conversation with you. I, we'll eventually we'll watch paranormal activity for this show, and I will be as adamant today as I was then that I wasn't. That was not a scary movie. But anyhow, let's do the letterbox, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Let I've got some. Popular letterbox reviews pulled up for us here. What I love about letterbox is it's kind of like <laughs> it's like movie tweets a lot of times because people just write their review as one or two sentences. And so I feel like I'm looking at the very best tweets about a movie, which right. makes it 10 times more fun. Five stars. Sam is the only bitch I've ever respected. Four <laughs> stars. My little pumpkin man's is the Halloween cop, which I love that. Great movie for anyone who has ever wished suffering upon Logan Roy. I believe that is a succession reference for any fans of that show. A Halloween movie about a demon pumpkin child that kills people can actually be so personal sometimes. And then finally, I now only care about one feral pumpkin boy and one gang of sexy werewolves. (laughs) So Letterboxd has the jokes as usual. You can follow all of us on there. And you should. You can follow basic werewolf. Um, our jokes aren't always as funny, but I like to think sometimes they're good. I'll tell you what, I write, I think I, I think too hard about my letterbox reviews. I need to just try to be funny. Well, I go back and forth and sometimes I'm like, do I want to write out a thought out review? And sometimes I do. Or do I just have like a quick one-liner I'm going to throw out there? And sometimes I do that. I can't decide. I try to lead with a one-liner and then I'll put a review after. Fair. But it's hard. Yeah. So what do we all guess? So what are we going to guess here? I have genuinely no idea what to expect, really. I'm going to guess, since this whole universe is against me, that <laughs> it's a 3.8. Oh, oh, see, oh I think wow. This, I'm going to go much lower with the point two. <clears throat> okay, we got, a, we got a wide range, and this rarely happens, boys. So, uh, <laughs> Andrew, where are you going to go? <laughs> I was going to go 3.0. Oh, my gosh. Three zero, three two, and three eight. Well, I yeah, I'm gonna cut you all in the middle, of course. At three point four, three point four. Okay, <laughs> trick or treat on Letterboxd has an average score based on eighty three thousand ratings of a three point six, which means we need to talk. That is higher than I expected. Huh? That is higher than I expected. Do we need a tiebreaker? What did you say? Yes, because you and I have split it evenly. Because you said 3.8 and I said 3.4. Oh, you said 3.4. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said 3.5. Oh, man. Okay. Hang on. Let me see if I got any tiebreakers left. 3.6 is honestly surprising. It is. And that's from someone who really likes the movie. 
Well, like you said, it's got a cult following. So the only people who would review this movie are the people who went out of their way to buy it. Nah, it's got 83,000 <laughs> is a lot. That's a lot. That's what's enough. I, that's the only way to see this movie is to have bought it or rented it. I was, I don't know if it was ever streaming on Netflix or anything like that. I'm sure it has. Just no, I'm at it. I'm out of tiebreaker. I have an idea. We've used oh, all my tiebreakers. Oh, no, we already did. We did Hocus Pocus originally, didn't we? Dang, I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. I was going to say we do the original Hocus Pocus since we did the sequel, but I forgot. Well, we we got to think of a tiebreaker. So we can either go to Rotten Tomatoes or a fair we one. can. I'll pull up the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, let's just do that. That makes yeah, it easy. That. Either that or IMDb. Our, these are old ways. Anyway. Are we going to go audience or critic? Let's go. Critics? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm ready when you are, gentlemen. I'm going to say the critics gave this 82. 82 for David. I'm going to say 76. And the winner is the one who hated it all, David. Critics are at 81. 81%. 81. Audience score is 72. Brother. Oh, nice. Okay. Wait, so what was the actual critic score? You got it right out? 81. 81. 81. I was one. I was up. I was high by one. Yeah. Nice. Nice. There okay. You go. All right. Well, that, that's a good boost for me. That puts me at 13 on the year. Josh is at eight. Garrett's still at seven. So Andrew, running away with the letterbox game this year. Andrew, at, Andrew, I believe you're at two, but you haven't been on that many yeah, shows. Yeah, you're at a <laughs> You can't make it to the playoffs. You might statistically, you might actually have the best because I think you're two, you're two and four, and I think the rest of us we've won a lot, but we've also lost Silver a lot. Slugger Award champion Andrew Nichols. He went two two this season, back in a thousand. You want to know the true. ones Andrew got right? Andrew got World War Z, huh? and Andrew got where is it? Andrew got Coda. I, that was a billion years ago. I mean, if you own, if you hit two home runs and then you stop hitting. Your record's right. good, right? Yeah, that's a great record. <laughs> two, out, hey, two, for, two, for, two out of six ain't bad. Like Although the other night, a lot now. David, you don't know this, but we, uh, we went to see a show a couple weeks ago. At it was at one of the casinos in town. Andrew throws a f- four dollars into a machine and walks out a hundred dollars richer immediately, <laughs> and then is just done. <laughs> right, perfect. Because that's hey, how it is. Is any longer sometimes the house, you know, the house always wins, but sometimes you get big and you take the house. Yeah. Yep. When you stop yeah. playing early, you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the key. Yeah. That's the best you lesson Andrew's taught me. You want to know, so, hey, you want to know how you double your money? You fold it and then you put it back in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A, now I've you got two ones. And I kind of like it. <laughs> All, All right. right, what do we give it? Yeah, what, what is our score going to be? I will start as because Sam is my pumpkin boy and I picked this movie, but I'm not going to give it perfect score. It is a four star movie for me. Four star. Okay. Yeah, this movie's fun. It's not anything like super crazy, but it is going to be an enjoyable watch. Just the uh, three star. Three stars. I'm also on the three stars list. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I'd watch it again. This may be my lowest reviewed movie of the year. I'm giving it a two. I'm giving it two stars. Two stars. Um, okay. Okay. Didn't didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't do it for me, but uh, you know that, that is an average of a three star movie. So that came in off. a bit under Letterboxd. Usually we match it a little better, but unfortunately David has sunk our ship today. Well, you guys could have rated it higher. Yeah, hey, Garrett, I did my part. Gary and Andrew, they could get in three and a half, and I think we would have made it. <laughs> yeah. If you think we're not going to blame you, you crazy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, I, I had uh, to drag it down. You gave you it a four. Did. I had to drag it down. I get you know? it. I get it. 
anyway. that is uh, that puts a wrap on so many scares though so i guess let's you know let's talk about the end of the year we got right. our usual uh, we'll have our some kind of christmas themed month coming up in december to wrap things up and then we got i know we've got a few new movies coming out that we're gonna cover obviously there's big ones like black panther wakanda forever i can't imagine a world where we don't do an episode about that um yeah so we got some fun stuff coming up. We don't have the next few weeks planned precisely, no. <laughs> but we will very soon. So we got plenty of more good stuff coming your way. And you can keep up with that if you follow us online on social media, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, we're on all of those. We've been getting a lot of good engagement from people on Instagram lately. So thank you all for liking and commenting and giving us your feedback on that stuff. We appreciate it. And we have fun chatting with you, so keep it up. And then if you want to join our Patreon, you can come join us in our Discord server and talk to us about movies and stuff there. So that's just so many sequels on Patreon. So go check that out. I think that's it. I think that covers everything. We'll be back next week with something not scary, probably. But yeah. good. Right? We'll see you. <laughs> Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.